Hello and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place where we share creative and inspiring learning in our schools. Episode 67. Hello and welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast with me, Mark Taylor. Today I'm joined by Kim Waldock, who's Head of National Programming with the Learning and Participation Department at the Royal Opera House. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Can you give us a little bit of a background about your history and also um, how you came to work here at the Royal Opera House? Well, as you can hear, I'm from the Antipodes. I came from Australia about three years ago. In Australia, I trained at the Sydney Conservatorium as a music musician and a music educator and I decided to go into school teaching because I felt that was probably my greatest area of interest and where I could make a, a lot of noise and, and achieve a lot of um, a, a lot of the things that are my passions which are giving children opportunity to engage with music in a way that is challenging and meaningful and educational and fun and you know all the things that we want a kid to experience in terms of arts learning. So I taught for just over 20 years in schools in and around Sydney and uh, then I was invited to come to the Sydney Symphony Orchestra as their Director of Learning and in that position I uh, was to start a lot of teacher training and a lot of materials to help teachers introduce children to orchestral music and instruments of the orchestra and creative ways of including music into their classrooms. So that was quite fun. And while I was doing that I was invited to be uh, part of a small team that wrote the national curriculum for Australia in the arts, in music, dance, etc and obviously music was my area of specialism and uh, then in early 2015 somebody alerted me to a job over at the Royal Opera House looking for somebody in their education team and I came over here as the general manager and as they realised my strengths in education they sort of manoeuvred my role into um, realising the national ambitions in terms of education for the company. So that's how I'm here today. So it really is a journey of distance as well as just professional development that's got you into London today. Indeed, that's right. And what is the role of the, the learning and participation department within the Opera House? It's ambitious, as you'd like to expect with a company of this standard. It's basically the learning aim is to broaden access to anybody in the UK who would like to access opera and ballet in some way, to present it in a way that is uh, understandable, to break down perceptions of exclusivity, um, of it being uh, too expensive for people to come and hear. And yes, there are very expensive tickets, but for every performance there are also £7.50 tickets. So there is, and that's not necessarily something that people know, to know that you don't have to dress up with a tiara to come to the opera or the ballet. Um, To think that it's not relevant is something that many people believe. And so the learning and participation team are charged with sort of all age education. So there'll be talent development, there's work with schools and teachers, there's adult learning. We we have a big team that are trying to reach all areas of the communities to 
to break down some of these perceptions. And of course, the principles upon which we're based is it's got to be the work we do must be about the repertoire of the Opera House, the people of the Opera House and the building of the Opera House. It must be to that standard of excellence. It must be relevant to people's lives. So if we're working with teachers in schools, it's obviously got to be relevant to the curriculum and linked to the curriculum. If it's about you know young children, it's got to be age-friendly. It's got to be put into singable keys or danceable keys. If it's for a refugee community, it's got to be very sensitive to issues. So there's a lot of learning for us in terms of delivering learning and we were chatting just before and one of the hard things can be actually because of the subject matter actually making it child friendly absolutely one of our first big projects national projects is create and sing carmen which you'll know is about lust and ladies showing their bits and uh, jealousy and murder and you know all those um, wholesome subject areas that you don't really want to cover and we're now working on hansel and gretel which is a very well-known children's story but like all those brother grim type stories that it's a grim story of kidnapping and cannibalism so it's it is a challenge with the some of the opera repertoire in particular to be able to do storytelling because that's essentially what opera and ballet is it's storytelling in different types of contexts to tell the the key important parts of the story in a way that children can engage and and get excited by without compromising the story but without scaring the heck out of them at the same time. And it really is a learning curve for us all isn't it because it is about exposing children to the arts and introducing them to opera and ballet but you've also got a design element from the from those departments within the opera house as well so can you explain exactly what um, learning and the participation is for schools that would like to take part? Well with schools we um, thought the, the thing we can most do to help schools is to use what we do best, which is dramatic singing, opera singing, but with children it's dramatic singing, so becoming a character to sing. It's dance with a ballet focus, so again about storytelling through movement and learning some of those skills, not having to put on ballet shoes and get up on point, but creating dance and understanding mime and movement as a form of expression. And we have um, Make and Create, which is very much about building uh, design and technology or art things that might be set construction costume design a lot of the backstage crafts that we do really well so what we have done is create units of training for teachers so that they can get skills in directing in singing in dance in choreography in all sorts of backstage crafts so they can teach them in their classroom because what we want to do for skills is to offer them not just a nice afternoon of a performance and yes we're happy to offer a nice afternoon of a performance not in their school but here at the Opera House um, but to give them something that will be long-lasting and enriching for their classroom whether it's you know year after year of them doing some of the programs so of course that creates an obligation for us to present interesting material that they can use because teachers are time poor I know that from my own classroom experience you're busy being compliant about so many things there's a lot of paperwork to do so having to teach something like a, a story through opera a lot of teachers will say well thank you it's a nice idea I can see there'd be it'd be of interest but I don't have the skills I don't have the time so we're trying to give them all they need so that they can just do it. So when a teacher decides they'd like to get involved in one of these projects um, do they come to you at the opera house or do you go to them in schools or, or within their local community? 
We do both. We're running uh, some days at the Opera House in July this year for any teacher around the country who'd like to come. But we also are working with organisations such as dance groups or music services, music hubs, to work in specific centres. So once we can get a group of about 15 to 20 interested teachers, we'll run a CPD for them for free. And that's because we're well-funded, but also because we're trying to reach those parts of outer London, around the country, as in way beyond greater London, who've not been served well by the Opera House in the past and not really been served well in terms of opportunity for teacher training. And so we're offering lots of things and I travel a lot and give sort of the taster workshops in music training, in basic singing. And then we bring in our experts who work with the teachers, directors, ballet people who are very good communicators and very encouraging. And I have to say, it's been really exciting seeing teachers take up the challenge and do it. In Australia, if I'd gone to a group of teachers and said, hey, we've got this great program on the Nutcracker, all you have to do with your class is take one of the themes and come up with your own ballet-inspired dance. Um, most of them would take me behind the school toilet block and beat me up because <laughs> it's not part of our culture. Over here, the teachers are amazing because they will give things a go. And because we've really tested uh, and trialled it and had a lot of feedback on it and had independent evaluators look at it, we've, we've come up with something that teachers can deliver and they feel confident to deliver. And that is really uh, something we can be proud of, but it's something that teachers can feel quite confident to therefore try because it has been working. And we talked before about participation being key really because um, I know from my kids experience you know they've been really lucky in actually having the chance to witness some great things with some some national organizations Um, but sometimes it's just been a one-off kind of wow thing that there's been no sort of ongoing project where this is key in being a project that the Opera House is putting on and I guess with that there you also have the association with being part of the Royal Opera House through the project which they must really love. Yeah, it's funny. I'm I'm very privileged to travel around and see some of the schools put on their performances. Essentially in our programs, what we ask them to do is, is learn, engage with the, a piece of repertoire through a, a variety of activities. We provide them with f- video footage, with lesson plans, with backing tracks, with all the things they need to do it so that the kids go on a journey of learning. Some of it is self-discovery learning, some of it is group learning. But at the end, there's a sharing of some nature. So they put on their version of Carmen in their school. They record their ballet inspired by the Nutcracker and send it into us and get some feedback. It's it's really great because it, it's a chance. There's an outcome at the end. And it's about sharing their art making with other people. And I often go, if I can, to see some of these performances and I'll go and talk to the kids after and they'll say, oh, yeah, my teacher trained at the Royal Opera House, which is just so lovely. Or, yeah, we work we work a lot with the Royal Opera House. And you think, this is just lovely, this little person in Cumbria or in Northumberland who hasn't actually ever set foot down here yet, but maybe will when they're bigger. They feel like it's their opera house too. And that's marvellous. And it's so nice to hear, isn't it, when it when it comes to the children themselves, absolutely brilliant. Um, we talked before we started recording about the, the funnel idea of getting people involved in experiencing the Royal Opera House. Um, and we both agreed there's nothing quite like being sat in the middle of the Opera House listening to a, a live performance. Um, but how's the Opera House going about um, getting performances and experiences to the children either within their classroom? And, and we also talked about the idea of being able to watch things within their local cinemas. Well, we, again... Uh 
through generous funding of sponsors and donors and foundations and trusts, we have the opportunity to have a schools matinee here at the Opera House or a number of them throughout the year that schools can apply to and come come and see. And for schools outside of London, there's even a travel grant. So for a number of children, there is the opportunity to come and see and have that wow moment. I understand, though, that you know, there's a lot more children in this country than there are seats for them. So that is that is a, an issue. And I also know that distance is a bit of an issue here, even though these distances are nothing compared to Australia. But um, it, it definitely, it, it, there are some very isolated areas in England. And so what we are doing is we're working now to uh, create streaming options of ballets and operas so that once a school has engaged in some of this stuff and the kids have got an interest, then the teacher can have access to something they can show in their school. There's cinema screenings all around the country and one of the things that the Opera House media team is very proud of is the fact that nobody in the summer season when there are all these outdoor cinemas and things are around, nobody is more than 25 miles from a viewing which is really great, you know. And so that to see it in a cinema with a big sound system is, is actually pretty good. And I know that when I was in Australia and I'd watched those ones coming from the Metropolitan Opera because the Royal Opera House wasn't in Sydney at that point, uh, it was extraordinary to think that you were there. And, of course, when you're watching in the cinema, they can enhance it with a bit of backstage footage and behind-the-scenes interviews and everybody likes to be an insider. Yes, and it's it's that kind of extra scenes you don't get to see in a film or the, the backstage workings or the rehearsals that you don't actually appreciate. Exactly, and that's that's what this stuff is about, I guess. It's about making it accessible, getting finding an interest, finding a hook. We've got something online that's I think is one of the most amazing things regarding opera that I've seen that was done before I came, so I take no credit for this. It was called um, The Opera Machine, and it was showing the start of the Val by Wagner, which is a tune that most people are familiar with. And it's showing the opening of Act 3, where that tune happens from 17 different camera angles. So there's cameras in the pit with the orchestra and the conductor, up in the flies looking down on the stage of the stage manager. You can hear the stage manager calling the show. You can see what's happening. There's 17 different camera angles and it just gives everybody a bit of an understanding of the enormity of a performance, whether it's a musical, whether it's a, a ballet Whenever you're working in a theatre, there's a l- so much that goes on behind the scenes that people don't even think about. And I think as educators and, you know, people working in the arts, we're really responsible for shining a light on some of those vocational opportunities because the creative industries are the fastest growing b- business in the UK. And I think a lot of kids would never think that they could maybe be an armourer for the Royal Opera House. I mean, we have five wig makers here, for example. It's extraordinary the things that we need. And it's extraordinary these skills that people have here. And that's, I think, really um, an interesting part of what we do when we have our open weekends, our family Sundays, where anybody from around the country can come to the Opera House for the day and just see activity. And we have all these makers showing what they do. And people go, why would you need to do that? Why don't you just buy a wig down at the pound store? Well, because basically, everybody will know it's a cheap wig you need it needs to be real because it's about real storytelling so um, I'm getting quite off topic here but 
<laughs> but yeah, there's. I think there's just so much about this sort of stuff, which is of relevance to kids and of interest to kids, but also of of teenagers, not not just little children, but for teenagers who are thinking, what do I want to do? I don't want to be a banker. I don't want to be an architect. I, I'm creative. How can I use my creativity? And so that's that's been a big part of what we've been working on as well. And I think it really is that the key thing is is that to work in a place like the Opera House, you don't have to be an on-stage performer, whether it's a, a ballet dancer or, or a singer, or you don't have to be a musician in the pit. If you've got a passion for anything, it may well be that you can find a role for that within an organisation such like the Royal Opera House, whether, like say, it's a wig maker or an armoury, or, or even in finance as part of that finance department, an educator within the learning participation um, department. That there's, there's all manner of places that you can make it work for you. And a lot of it's transferable across theatres as well. So it, it's it's really interesting and I've learnt a lot coming here because when I'm with the Sydney Symphony Orchestra, there's a lot that goes on to make an orchestra work, but you times it by about 20,000 when you're working with, with sort of the whole theatre experience. And so I suppose the expansion of the learning and participation department is very organic. As the Opera House has new productions, there'll be new projects which your department will put together. And so therefore those people that have been involved in previous projects who want to continue to be involved at the Opera House um, can just take part again and, and carry on the really exciting things they've been doing. Yeah, absolutely. We're committed to creating five or six of each of them. And then we'll have a, a bit of an evaluation and see what happens. So we're now working on Hansel and Gretel, which will be ready for the next academic year. We're working on Alice's Adventures in Wonderland for the, the next academic year with uh, the Create and Dance program. But Nutcracker will still be online, as will Create and Sing Carmen. All these things are online and free to access for any school. And that's really important. And what we, we offer to help teachers try it is, is teacher training days, as you said, around the country here at the Opera House. And it's very. if you want to find out more, just email learning at roh.org.uk. We'll let you know we, when we're in various areas and doing things. But I think that's the thing. It's, it's also, there's, there's lots of other stuff as well. There's a lot of videos that we found were up there that were great for inspiring creative writing tasks. So we've created a learning platform and if you search for the Royal Opera House learning platform and go into the resources section, there's all sorts of key stage one, two, three, four, five materials there that are inspired by a video with a lesson plan that we've had a, a real teacher from somewhere around the country write for us. And it's it's uh, just gives teachers, I guess, another afternoon activity or some sort of activity that might be uh, a stimulus for some sort of poetry writing or story writing or all sorts of things. It's interesting too, there's a, a thing about the Nutcracker because the tree in the second half of the Nutcracker, when they go into the land of sweets, the tree is suddenly double in size from the Christmas tree that you see at the start of the show. And there's all these maths lessons that have been devised from, from all that sort of thing. So it's just getting teachers who can see the possibilities to write these things and they're there for any teacher to use. And we, we've only just really developed this over the last six to 12 months. And so it's getting the news out there. So thank you for being able to do that today. Thanks. It's, I mean, it's so important for the children to be inspired. And I think to be involved with the Royal Opera House, such a key organisation in the arts in this country, is just, it's going to be inspirational for all of those people involved. So that's absolutely magnificent. So if you want more details about this, as we said, if you go to educationonfire.com, 
and in the search bar enter the Royal Opera House. The show notes for this episode will pop up and on there we'll have links to the learning department, the Royal Opera House website and, and the email to get in contact. And um, that way you can find out all the information you need and, and get in touch and, and take part if it's something you think your school would really benefit from. So, Kim, thanks very much for chatting to me. Um, I've really enjoyed today. And I had a backstage tour and I've been to look through the orchestra pit and I've sat in the auditorium. It's been so much fun and, and inspirational for me uh, as a musician and, and someone that works in the arts. Um, it's been really great to, to be part of this. So thanks again and I wish you well with the projects in the future. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.